Please pray with me. God, this morning, um, I feel like I pray this every morning, but we need more of you. We need you to help us open ourselves up to receive more of you. We need you to help us remove any hindrance of your spirit from our lives. We need you to give us courage. We need you to give us eyes to see the world as you see it. We need you to help us follow you. God, we need you. And we're very aware of the fact that your son, Jesus, is the forgiver of our sins and points us toward your grace and your love, God. But we need your spirit to help us point other people toward your grace and love. As we just live our lives every day, going to work, feeding ourselves, feeding our kids, feeding our friends and family, Lord, we need to be able to trust you more, and that's our fault that we don't, has nothing to do with you. So God, please forgive our lack of faith and give us the gift of more. As we open the scriptures today, I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak would be only the words you would want me to speak and that the words that are heard would only be the words that you want to be heard. And I pray that you would give us wisdom and courage. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in the book of Matthew for a while here. Um, The lectionary, which is a collection of biblical readings that goes through three years, year A, B, and C, and a lot of preachers will follow the lectionary to keep us from getting up on our hobby horses and preaching whatever we want to preach, because the lectionary will say like, hey, this week preach from this passage or this passage or this passage. And from now until Advent, imagine that, that we're already in our heads thinking about Advent some. How many more shopping days until Christmas, Stuart? 20 more shopping days. 27? 20 Sundays. Oh, 20 Sundays until Christmas. You ready? You got all your Christmas shopping done? No, me either. I haven't even thought about it. But Advent is coming, and we're going to be in the book of Matthew until early October, And in early October, we're going to be doing a sermon series called Supernatural, and I'm really excited about it. We're going to be talking about supernatural experiences that people sometimes have, and what does that mean, and what do we do with all of that. But for now, we're in Matthew, and Matthew's got this collection of parables found in chapter 13, and we're going to read a few of them this morning. So if you've got your Bible, and you're at home, and you want to read along, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. And we'll start with verse 31. So Matthew 13, 31. So Jesus, the Bible tells us, when he would preach, would use parables. And a parable is a story that he would think of and make up and and share with people to help make a point. And these parables that I'm about to read to you um, are all about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now we oftentimes think of the kingdom of heaven as being this place that's there and then. But theologically, as Methodists and really all mainline denominations um, would say that the kingdom of heaven is there and then, and it's here and now. It's like this thing that's happening between there and then and the here and now, and that we live in it. And that the closer we get to the there and then as a society and as, as a worldwide community, the more of this kingdom we'll see. Now, I think that Also, it's about how willing we are to see 
that kingdom. So Kathy just read the Carrie Newcomer poem about recognizing the things in our lives that feel like the kingdom of God. But listen to what Jesus says, Matthew 13, starting with verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, and someone took and planted in their field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all the dough. Skipping down to verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that somebody hid in a field, which someone else found and covered up. Full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And when he found one that was very precious, he went and sold all that he owned to buy it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that people threw into the lake and gathered all kinds of fish. And when it was full, they pulled it to the shore where they sat down and put the good fish together in containers, but the bad fish they threw away. That's the way it will be at the end of the present age. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. And they said to him, yes. Then he said to them, therefore... Every legal expert who has been trained as a disciple for the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings old and new things out of their treasure chest. This is the word of God for the people of God, and thanks be to God. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation, and may God give us wisdom and courage to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. I think parables are fascinating. Um, it's like almost sometimes it feels like we're trying to solve a riddle when we're reading them, and sometimes Jesus explains what he means. But it's also parables, I think, are sometimes like a really good song or a really good poem or a really good piece of visual art where the interpretation is kind of left up to the interpreter. Like the writer of the song may have intended one thing, but sometimes we hear something else. And I think the reason that is with parables is because, as the philosopher J.L. Austin says, we don't know what words mean until we know what the words do. So, for example, if I were to say to you, close the door, you know what those words mean, but you don't know what they mean until you feel them. Because if I said, hey, close the door, you're letting all of the bot air out, as my dad used to say to me. That means you better hurry up and get that door closed. But if I said, hey, close the door, come here, it means I've got something I want to tell you that might be a surprise and a secret. You'll feel what the words mean. And in a wedding, we say, two persons say I do in the context of their ceremony, but they're not describing the relationship they're entering into. They're actually creating it. Words do something. When someone says to you, I love you, 
You feel it if it's said with meaning and if you're in a place where you can hear it. The words do something. So Jesus speaks in parables, I think, because words do something. And these stories that he told and these ways that he told them did something to the hearers so that they weren't just understanding what the kingdom of God was like, but they actually were able to start seeing it and maybe even creating it. So we'll start off by talking about two of these parables. And I like the first two the best. The parable of the mustard seed starts off with this Jesus is telling us that the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the, the way of God in the world is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of seeds, he says, but grows into the biggest of plants. And here's the thing. Mustard is not something that people wanted in their gardens. It was invasive, and it would take over. So the hearers of this were hearing like this, this uh, it, it didn't make a lot of sense because he's saying a mustard seed is like the kingdom of God. Like, what in the world is that all about? We don't want mustard seeds in our gardens. Like in the south, there's this plant called kudzu, and it grows all over the place. You can see pictures of it like, completely engulfing trees and telephone poles. And kudzu is something that is invasive and nobody wants it around. They don't want it in their yard. They don't want it in their alleys. They don't want it in their gardens. They especially don't want it in their farms. So the kingdom of God is like kudzu. It just takes off. It just grows and grows and grows. There's not much that has to be done because God does the work that God does. We get to experience it. I think oftentimes in church and in Christianity in general, we act as though the kingdom of God is not going to come without us. But what Jesus is saying is, there's nothing you can do. It's going to happen. It's here. The seed has been planted. And it's going to take over. And there are people who don't want it taking over and they can fight all they want but it's still going to take over just like mustard seed would he goes on to talk about the kingdom of god is like yeast and a woman puts a little bit of yeast into a pot full of flour and the yeast infects the entire batch of bread and makes it leavened i have brewed beer a few times in my life and you have to be really careful about the kind of yeast that you put into your brew because if you put the wrong kind of yeast in, it's going to taste weird, it's going to taste funky, and it's going to take over the whole thing. And you also have to be really careful what kind of bacteria gets into it because that will really throw the taste off. If you've ever tasted a home brew that just is bad, it's probably because somebody got some sort of bacteria into their brew that they didn't want in there, and it actually infected it. It's like has a real infection. The crazy thing is, is that there are breweries now who open brew, like they keep everything open and they let whatever bacteria into, the, into their beer that they can get into the beer to give it that sour taste because there's something really good about it and refreshing. And also there's something really healthy about it. It boosts our immune systems. The kingdom of God is like yeast that infects an entire batch of bread that was meant to be unleavened. There's nothing we can do. We can't stop it. And for me, I find that to be life-giving. 
because it's not dependent on me. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like if I don't do my part, it's not going to happen. If I don't say what I'm supposed to say, if I don't ask what I'm supposed to ask, if I don't confront what I'm supposed to confront, then the kingdom of God is not going to happen. And what that is is called idolatry. It makes me God, and God is responding to me when the reality is God is doing God's work and inviting me to join it. And so the motivation should be to join in the work of the Holy Spirit in ushering in this kingdom so that we get to experience it. Because joyous things are meant to be shared. You might remember, I've talked before about like if I was holding a little baby and you could hear the baby like cooing, making those little bubbly noises that they make and the squeaking noises that they make that make you just want to like grab onto them and squeeze the heck out of them because they're so cute and so adorable. And what if I was holding this baby and we were hearing those noises and I was like, oh my gosh, you should see this baby's face. You should see it, but I don't show you. Neither of our joy is complete. But if I turn and I show you the baby, and we both and we all get to look at it and see it, we share the joy and it becomes a bigger thing. That's what God is inviting us into. This is what the kingdom of God is like. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So I'd like to encourage you to dream with me for a moment of what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a story that I heard this week that was sent to me by a friend of mine about a black man who had been falsely accused of yielding a weapon and had had several run-ins with the police that he hadn't done anything wrong in. And he hears a car accident and he runs to see what's going on and he sees a cop car that's on fire and one police officer trying to pry the door open to get his friend out of the cop car and he can't get it. And so this black man who's got every reason to hold a grudge and not help runs and helps get the cop car door open and saves the life of a police officer. The kingdom of heaven is like that. And it's also like a 78-year-old woman who sits in church and sees a single mom come in that's brand new to the church with a new baby and a small and a small child that she's having a hard time managing all of it and so this woman offers to keep the toddler company and to talk and play with the toddler throughout the service so that the mom can have a moment of peace in her life that she do- so desperately needs the kingdom of heaven is like a teacher who spends day after day after day after day trying to create a space that's peaceful for their student to come into because their students just need peace for a little bit every day because their home lives are not peaceful. The kingdom of God is like a new student at school, at a new school, who doesn't know a single person and is terrified to walk in to the cafeteria. And this child walks into the cafeteria and desperately is scanning for a friendly face until she sees someone saying, hey, would you like to come sit with me? The kingdom of God is like a moment when two friends who've had a terrible fight 
look at each other in the eyes and say, I'm sorry. And embrace and start teasing each other and making fun of each other and moving forward in their relationship together. The kingdom of God is like an embrace given by a friend to a friend who's just received some sort of terrible news and the embrace feels like life instead of death. The kingdom of God is like that fresh smell of clean laundry that when you breathe it in, reminds you of the hugs that your grandmother used to give you. The kingdom of God is like a good poem or a good song that there's that one line in it that catches your breath every time you hear it. The kingdom of God is like reading or writing a poem that reminds you of who you are and where you're from. The kingdom of God is remembering all of the good things in a day and being able to celebrate them even in the face of adversity and bad things because finding joy is an act of resistance that feels and looks and tastes and smells just like the kingdom of God. Sisters and brothers, we are surrounded. We are surrounded by the kingdom of God. Jesus came and ushered it in and showed people what it looks like and what it smells like and what it tastes like and what it sounds like. And sometimes we get caught up in all the other stuff all around us and we miss it. And sometimes we think that it's our job to push this thing forward, but Jesus reminds us in these parables that there's nothing we can do except embrace it. That it's like a person who finds a treasure in a field and sells everything to buy the field so that they can have the treasure. The kingdom of God is that valuable. And my fear is that I spend too much time holding on to the things that I could get rid of to embrace the kingdom of God. So this week, may our eyes be open and may our ears be tuned and our hands be ready to hear, see, and embrace the kingdom of God. In the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.